We're checking in with uh, our state representative, Andrew Fink, for the very latest on what's happening in Lansing. And uh, you guys actually might go back and do some voting this week. It's It's been a while for the for the state legislature. We'll talk about that here in just a second. But uh, the governor late last week unveiled her budget recommendation, the fiscal 2025 budget presentation for her. And uh, I guess no surprise that uh, most on the Republican side uh, didn't like what they saw, including you, right? Yeah, that's true, Ken, and uh, good morning, and thanks for having me on. It's always a little bit tricky to know exactly how hard to dig in on the budget at the opening salvo, where the governor unveils her proposed budget, and uh, we know that the Senate and the House will kind of chop away on it. And, you know, in this case, as I know we've discussed, at kind of the metal level, the House is divided 54-54, won't be back to full strength until April, uh, even though the conventional wisdom is that it'll then be back to a 56-54 uh, Democrat majority, we don't really know that. And so there's a little bit of extra, you know, wait and see built into this one than than usual. Uh, but I will say that the overall, and the reason I reacted negatively overall, is that it, it again spends virtually everything um, when we still expect the budget to contract again next year, as it has this year. I don't remember the top-line number last year, but it was something like, I don't know, $84 billion, I think. And this this year it's closer to $80 billion. Um, and those, of course, are both record budgets. That's for, for reasons everybody knows, like the federal government printing and sending out additional money to the states. Um, so it's easy to understand why they were record budgets, but it's not as easy for me to understand why we would spend nearly every penny two years in a row um, but I guess that does bring up one thing that the governor and I have in common, which is we're not running for re-election. So that does it does worry me that there's a bit of uh, mortgaging the future uh, for current convenience. Um, and, you know, we can get into the details, too, but that's my overall. I mean, know, knowing that we don't know what the ultimate details will be today, the overall thrust of uh, spending everything, that bothers me. Well, in your release last week, you did say she's mortgaging Michigan's future, as you said, uh, rolling out irresponsible programs that we simply can't sustain. What kind of things did you see in her budget proposal or were what you would describe as those uh, programs that we can't sustain? Well, um, I think the the one that I keep come, having to come back to is like this record funding for community college. Um, I think we've talked specifically about that before. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's it's a thing that it sounds really good, and so she wants to offer taxpayer-funded community college for everyone. Uh, but you have to be able to pay for these things. And when you take, you know, when you use the government to pay for something instead of individuals, you, you create what economists call moral hazard, and sometimes it's the best way to do it. I mean, I think it's better for us that we don't all individually pay for police protection, but that's instead built in. But every time you add another category to that, you have to think about whether you're going to improve the service or or not. And, you know, take higher ed as an example of that, Ken. Uh, it's true that not, not every, uh, maybe not even many, um, American college students are, being, are having their college directly paid for by the government. But the government does have a loan program, which has disassociated the consumer and the provider uh, and the funder of higher education in this country to the point that it's generated what everybody recognizes a student loan crisis. And that was out of the kind of the altruistic uh, belief that we could make life better for Americans by paying for their college. And now we're being told that we've instead saddled millions and millions of Americans with unmanageable debt. And however unmanageable it is, 
uh, it certainly wasn't the intended consequence of the government subsidizing that uh, education. So when I say, you know, I worry about the future consequences of, you know, using our money today uh, to expand government services into new areas, that's the kind of thing I worry about, is creating a crisis down the road, um, even if the crisis is as simple as, well, now we can't pay for this anymore, and we're going to have to start scaling this back after people have made decisions in accordance with it. Um, I just think you got to be more cautious uh, than she has been about uh, bringing new areas into the government's um, uh, wheelhouse for, for what the people expected to pay for. 35th District State Representative Andrew Fink with us this morning. So let's talk about uh, what might happen this week in Lansing. Uh, you say some, some budgets or, uh, should, or some uh, bills should be before you guys. Yeah, it, we'll see what comes up, but there's, there's at least kind of rumors that, um, that we might take up the school safety package that members of my caucus uh, worked on towards the tail end of my first term. Um, and uh, that would be good because it, it's, uh, it's, it, it's a place for, I mean, I, you know, some people think that when things are bipartisan, they're better. I'm, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not really taking that position so much as to say when you do common sense things that nearly everyone supports, it does tend to kind of bring the temperature down in, in the legislature. And so we have an opportunity here uh, to deal with some things like making sure that school resource officers are available, making sure that, you know, some elements of hardening schools uh, are, are funded. And certainly when, when a Michigan parents send their kids to our public schools, which the vast majority of them do, um, and the school is, is stepping in to, to provide the supervision for those kids during the day, uh, they expect them to be safe. And so I think that that's a good package to bring up. Another one, also dealing with education, uh, or at least connected with education, but, but on a different topic, is a bill to allow speech-language pathologists to operate on a temporary license, I think, to go from one year to two years. Having had a couple of uh, my own kids uh, need uh, significant attention from speech-language pathologists uh, for speech delays, that one, um, I think it's nice to see a recognition that the uh, regulatory timeline that we've put on there might be preventing some uh, kids from getting the attention that they need at, at the stage they need it because the, the you know developing speech um, is very time sensitive. So there's there's some good things that that, uh, that I think might come up, and there's some other things that are maybe a little bit more boring, like converting um, certain type of uh, nonprofit corporations into other types of nonprofit corporations. Uh, uh, that, that's not exactly the stuff that makes headlines, but it is kind of the normal bread and butter of the legislature. So we may be uh, seeing more of that happening this week. All right. Andrew, thanks for the update. Uh, if not sooner, we'll talk in a couple of weeks, all right? Thank you, Ken. See you later. That's State Representative Andrew Fink with us this morning.